You know, here's the question. Would mm. you rather have it cold and clear mm -hmm. or rainy and warmish? That's so funny. Laura and I were talking about this 15 minutes yes, ago. Yes, yes. What's the I, uh, I, we, we both appreciate a beautiful, crisp, sunny day. Okay. But after the cold spell last week, I really am enjoying the this, mild right? temperatures right. despite the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the way, welcome to Morning Six Ten. This nice is Lauren Glassberg Thanks here. Thanks for the profound <laughs> question right off the bat. It just got I me we thinking. Were just saying hello. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have other people join the party as we always do here at the table. Danny Beckstrom coming up in yep. just a bit. She's got a lot of exciting things to talk about as well. All right. Also, um, here's something very interesting. There's a new kind of gene therapy, I guess, a breakthrough in the U.S. The process used for the very first time in the U.S. to treat a form of genetic hearing loss. So how does this work? It sounds amazing and unbelievable. And how long until this might be used in other ways? Is this like, a, are we on the precipice of new medical stuff? It's an interesting conversation. Dr. Sutton yeah. is going to join us on the table to talk about it. Yeah, a lot of hope associated with that. Also, my favorite, Nina Panetta. She'll be stopping by with your consumer bill of rights when it comes to dealing with heating issues with your landlord or the heating company. Mm. That was a cool shot. <laughs> that was really pretty. I don't know I, who shot that, but I don't it's know. gorgeous. Remember the snowfall? I was going to say, I don't like what it's shooting, but I like yeah. I like the fact that... I like that how you just said, remember the snowfall. Yeah. As it's all gone. Maybe it's all done. Well, no, but it's all gone. I mean, yeah. you know, when we've got the 50 degrees and rain out there mm -hmm. and some fog. Let me just get you up to speed. If you've got some plans this afternoon, we'll kind of take that on and show you that we'll get a dry moment out there. There will be moments this afternoon, I think, when even the rain might kind of let us go. <laughs> now, for some reason, my computer's not advancing. But let me see if I can get over to the wall and do it for you quickly. Yeah, it's that kind of foggy day. So as we walk, um, Danny, just hit the space bar for me and see if that goes. Did it go? There you go. Here's our visibility uh, at about a mile right there uh, in Teterboro and 2.5 in White Plains. Farmingdale's below a mile. Now we have this brand new dense fog advisory out for the Jersey Shore. So I want you to kind of be aware of that. And then on the future cast, the rain kind of pulls away and that fog on the Jersey Shore may be heavier as we go through the afternoon. Fog redevelops. The showers may dry off a little bit, but they also redevelop. Take a look at 2.30 in the morning. So on the overnight, we're going to be bringing an awful lot more rain into our way. I want to show you quickly what the seven day looks like because a lot of plans go into a weekend, especially if you've got a family. And if you were planning to do things, Saturday is your outside day. Sunday, not likely to be. The clouds come back in Saturday night. And as yesterday, we talked about at the table, yeah. we had kind of been looking forward to a warmer day on, on Friday and we are much cooler on mm. Friday. We're just not getting into that warm air. Well, I'm okay. looking forward to permission to sit on the couch on Sunday. Thanks to you. And, and watch football. Yeah. I, if that's what you say, that's what, everybody's happy. that's what the expert says. <laughs> we'll, we'll gladly do that. <laughs> uh, just after 10 o'clock, we are following some major headlines at this hour, as we always do. And it was in a violent night that erupted in Brooklyn. Two deadly shootings happening within just 30 minutes. Of yeah, each other. one shooter still on the loose in one of those incidents with no obvious motive. So eyewitness news reporter, and if you've been with us all morning, I know you have because Phil's been there all morning. Phil Tate is standing live in Bedside with the very latest on this. And I know there's more coming at noon with this story, Phil, but what have you got for us now? 
Yeah, well, we're still awaiting more details from police as multiple investigations are just now underway. One of those shooting incidents just spilling into this intersection right behind me. Well, this is where police say a 28-year-old Brooklyn man was found in a car and shot in the torso about 40 minutes before midnight. Well, unfortunately, he did not survive his injuries. Well, detectives now searching for the person who pulled the trigger and any information. Now, we're told they found evidence of a shooting just a block away in front of 1276 Herkimer Place, which may have been where the 28-year-old was shot. Well, just minutes earlier, over at 1373 Sterling Place, a 37-year-old man shot in the neck. An active scene there as investigators combed through the area where those shots rang out. Well, right now, it's still unclear what led up to this fatal shooting incident and the motive behind it. But detectives believe that this person was hit down the block at 220 Schenectady Avenue. We're told a person of interest was quickly taken into their custody. But for community members that we spoke with, they say the violence must end. We need to be able to come together more. It's like the violence is not really necessary. It's like what's the violence got to be before about, you know, destroying each other for what reason? You know, at the end of the day, it's like we're all brothers and sisters, we're all family. We got to come together as one and just be able to unite us and then move forward. And you can check the latest crime stats in your area using the eyewitness news safety tracker. You can go to neighborhood by neighborhood by simply typing in the address. And as you see here, last night's shooting happening in one of the most dangerous areas of Brooklyn. Now you can find the safety tracker that's on abc7newyork.com. That's the latest from bed -Stuy. This morning, I'm Phil Tate, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. All right, Phil, thank you so much. Uh, a lot of other things going on right now. We are learning more about the young woman who died from an allergic reaction to peanuts. Those peanuts were in a cookie. A law firm in New York City has identified the victim as Orla Baxendale. She was a dancer who moved to the tri-state area from the United Kingdom to pursue her dance career. Mm. She died on January 11th. The cookies have been bought from Stu Leonard's in Connecticut and peanuts were not listed on the label. The store is blaming the bakery, but the bakery claims it had told the store about the peanut ingredients. Cops on Staten Island searching for a couple of suspects. They say broke into a home and assaulted a woman in the Stapleton Heights section. Officers say the suspects forced to open the door to the home and then punched the 23-year-old woman who was there with her son. They also stabbed the woman, police say, before getting away with money, a cell phone, a wallet, and an EBT card. The victim taken to the hospital in stable condition. Former President Trump could testify in the defamation trial that was brought by E. Jean Carroll today. Court got underway a little more than a half hour ago, and Trump is supposed to have taken the witness stand on Monday, but the court was abruptly postponed because a juror was feeling sick. If Trump does take the stand today, there will be limits on what he is allowed to say. He will not be able to say that E. Jean Carroll made up <coughs> the allegations or that her accusations were politically or financially motivated. This trial is to determine if or how much additional money Trump owes Carroll for calling her a liar. NJ Transit proposing a 15% fare hike beginning in July and then an annual increase of 3%. That would begin in 2025. So transit officials say these hikes are necessary to close this nearly $119 million budget deficit. This would be the first set of hikes that we have seen on this line in more than 10 years, almost 10 years. Public mm -hmm. hearings on the situation expected to begin in March. Now, remember yesterday, uh, New York Mayor Adams was getting ready to make his state uh, annual State of the State address. And one of the new programs that he mentioned is kind of making a little bit of history and certainly stirring up a little bit of a buzz. The mayor officially declared social media use 
a health hazard for young people, making New York City the first city in the nation to do so. The challenge now is actually coming up with a plan that might make a difference in how many young people use social media. Social media is a public health crisis, and it is a toxin, a digital toxin, in the same way that public health fights other kinds of toxins like tobacco, cigarettes, um, and um, environmental toxins. There is a public health playbook that we're going to put into play, and today's advisory is the beginning of that process by raising the alarm. And that's the New York City Health Commissioner, Dr. Ashwin Vasan. He also happens, uh, he says that this all coincides with some new safety updates mm. by Meta. In particular, these are for Instagram. Yeah. yeah, so Meta owns Facebook and Instagram. Instagram in particular is what a lot of the young people use. Mm -hmm. And these updates include turning off the teen's ability to receive direct messages. Those DMs that mm -hmm. you hear about from Which people they don't follow. Right, or aren't connected totally to. So some sense. random stranger can't right. just hit them you up don't want that. in the DM. Of right. course not. Also, Currently, adults over 19 can't DM teens who don't follow them, but now Meta says no one, regardless of their age, will be able to DM a teen who doesn't follow them by default. Should have always been. And finally, starting today, parents using Instagram's parental supervision tools will be prompted to approve or deny teenagers' requests to change their default safety and privacy settings to a less strict state rather than just being notified of the change they actually have the ability to this you know last summer this raised a lot of concern with the u.s surgeon general raising red flags with social media use in teenagers because 95 percent of teenagers almost all teenagers use some form of social media we right. know that one in three almost constantly they're mm -hmm. always on the mm -hmm. phone mm -hmm. but i said this morning and i think i don't know if you guys would agree it starts with the parents Right. I mean, because we we're the habits. We're right. just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It definitely does. But there are there are gimmicks and we all know it to keep you online. Yeah, and while we may be able to turn the phone and put it down, I think young people who but, are not as aware to it cannot. But can they? Because I see even adults that right. have a hard time. So then try to factor that in to have an adolescent mind. That's really Look, tough. We just need to be more aware. This brand new technology, we just threw it into children's hands and, and didn't pay any attention to what it does or what it doesn't do. So now hopefully we'll start paying attention. Some bear to the ease and the access that strangers have to these children, that is essential. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that is a good move. Glad to see it happening now on the local level as well. Well, coming up, our friend Dr. Darian Sutton joins us at the table. We are talking about this very unique new gene therapy that is helping some deaf people hear again. Yeah, really fascinating. I see the doctor walking in right now. Get hey. All right. What's up, my dudes and dudettes? Hi. How are you? Oh, you should be welcoming me, right? Yeah, welcome back to the table. <laughs> welcome, Danny. <laughs> Just run with it. We know you got a lot to get to. Okay, so we're going to start with self-checkouts. And I want a quick refresh of yes. how everyone feels. Mm. Mike? I don't like it. I don't like it for the same reason that Sam doesn't like it. Although I would add that I just don't like the fact that it always ends up taking more time yeah. because I, maybe it's maybe it's user error but I, I the light always goes off glad and you said it so I didn't have to, <laughs> yeah, to no. I, I feel very stressed about the whole experience okay. I feel 300 people in Whole Foods are watching me and wondering why I'm going so slowly right. it's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I do not appreciate it mm -hmm. very bad at bagging okay Sam. just to save time yeah. Oh, thank he you. He doesn't want to work yeah. for the place. I don't work yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> turns out our feelings are pretty common. Yeah. According to a new study, most people not loving having to check out themselves at a store. This is a new study from Drexel, Drexel University, and they found that regular checkout, the good old fashioned uh -huh. cashiers, made people feel more loyal to a store. Yes. Makes sense, yes. right? Back. Makes them more likely to revisit. They say customers feel more rewarded and feel like they're treated more valuably when using regular checkouts with a cashier because it 
involves less effort. Like, I don't know, scanning, bagging. Well, speaking of bags, you can't use those bags. Yeah, taking the Zara security thing off Mm -hmm. stresses me out. It does. And those are the services that we feel maybe entitled to as a customer, right? So meanwhile, also got to talk about the business side of things. Store owners also not loving this technology. Originally, the thought was, oh, it'll save so much money. Unfortunately, labor, labor, losing jobs. But... Those self-checkout stations are leading to so much more merchandise loss. Mm. Makes sense, yeah. right? Mm. They say customers accidentally forget air accidentally. Yeah. to scan things. Also concerns <laughs> over regular shoplifting. Another study actually found that there's an increase of nearly 4% yeah. at stores with self-checkout. <laughs> so me, being first and foremost a scientist, right. decided to take to Instagram do my own okay. experiment. Research. Yeah. Yeah. Some research. And I really liked the conversation. Mike Mack agreed with that knowing a lot of people that forget to scan items is that an organic oh, apple right right you know exactly. and also it seems quicker that's what mike said that's what high fiver says he thinks that he can do it 100 percent quicker than any checkout person huh. but only when you're using them for a few items 10 items or less right. a lot of people After said i'll that, do self-checkout yeah. uh, we also have another thought mayonnaise saipan which i love that instagram said you? as an introvert no one judges your your purchases. your purchases so i get that too so that's the upside of it that's yeah. the benefit once of have it. i ever thought that yeah. the checkout oh. person was judging my purchases i sometimes oh, when i buy a lot, a lot of, of ice cream i think they that. judge my ice cream purchase <laughs> you, oh wow you feel a little busted on that yeah there's so, a lot of judging i did do so, a poll the people are saying it it's not me it's the people the people, the people are saying it Who are these right. people? the poll is 60 40 which is surprising right. uh 60 they actually like it 40 percent on my instagram if you want to join the combo i like asking but isn't it people like your age who like it more than people my age? I mean, are I, we I think not it's around a, we're I think it? We're not. We're nowhere near. <laughs> no, I think we we just won't. I just service. right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to a yeah. person. I want to enjoy that nope. conversation. I yeah. I want. I I. I don't yeah. want this. As a control freak, I like the control, but you know, Ginger Z responded and said something similar. She liked bagging, but now she needs help elsewhere. She can't find the sun-dried tomatoes. I can't find like the chocolate cake, but or she can keep her tomatoes. I can help you with that. Yeah, I don't want to lose the jobs. I want the jobs to still be there, but yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. Okay, so we talked a little bit about seasons. There's cuffing season, engagement season, there's bikini season you brought up. I'm totally into it. Finally, one I can participate in, and it's burrito season. So this one might not be meteorological or astronomical, but it's just just as important, okay? okay? Especially if you're Chipotle, the restaurant, currently looking to hire 19,000 new workers to keep it fully staffed for this busy season. So apparently marked through May. Sales pick up, the weather improves, people are still in school, maybe mm-hmm. they need a quick uh, meal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what they're calling burrito season, March through May, and Chipotle sweetening the deal to try to get those Gen Z workers interested in a job. Because according to Business Insider, 73% of Chipotle workers are actually Gen Z. Oh. And apparently, Gen Z really needed to be incentivized to uh, get a job. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So now- if an, bills wasn't enough? Yeah, at Chipotle, if an employee is paying 5% of their salary toward a student student loan, Chipotle matches 4% in a 401k for that employee. You do have to work for the company for more than a year to qualify for the perk, but uh, really interesting. I didn't know about burrito season. I'm glad I do now, and I am not surprised that uh, Gen Z needs a little extra perk to get a job. I think it would be an even better story if they just offered the 4% for working there for your 401k. Yeah. Why add the whole you, have to you owe money? Them. Every student owes money yeah. at this point. Mm. I don't yeah. know. Do or free like 
No, I was just wondering what the burrito camouflage looks like and how hard is it to trap a burrito when you're hiding in the, you know, bushes? I mean, do they fight a lot? Right. Or do you, how do you? Is there a lottery for the license? (laughs) I get it. Yeah. To get a burrito hunting license? Well, as a a veteran burrito (laughs) hunter myself, I can help you, Sam. Don't worry. All right. Is that why they say, like, I just killed that burrito? (laughs) Yo. I just killed everyone. <laughs> All right, welcome back here with Dr. Darian. Thanks for coming back. Good morning. We've been talking about this fascinating new development when it comes to gene therapy, and yes. it's resulted in several young kids with genetic or congenital deafness. They, it gives them the ability to hear. I mean, this is just remarkable. What is this therapy all about? So it's remarkable science. So just to understand how this therapy works, when we hear noise, the vibrations of that sound translates to our ear. It hits these specialized cells that transmit that signal to our brain, and that's how we interpret the sound around us. In congenital or, or genetic deafness, there is a problem with those specialized cells. So in this gene therapy, they deliver cells without the mutation that then allows that person to hear incredible science. No way that you can take a healthy cell introduce it into a person and it can replace an unhealthy cell. It's It's fascinating stuff. Fascinating and also opens my mind up to what else can we do. Right. In this case, this is a very particular kind of deafness and it would really only work for certain uh, children. They're trying it out in children. Why why go this route? Why try it with this kind of deafness, which I guess affects only about less than a quarter of a million people. Well, deafness can be due to a variety of different things. Illness, injury, age, listening to loud noises over a period of time, or genetic differences such as this. The reason why they're focusing more on children is because as we discussed during the break, language acquisition is crucial and important at young ages, around the ages of two to three or Mm -hmm. four. And so focusing on children who are born deaf by providing them the opportunity to hear gives them the opportunity or more opportunity to verbally communicate. And this would be for children who don't have two cochlear implants that's in one place. Of the, that's one of the contraindications to mm-hmm. procedures such as this. So we talk about a lot of other opportunities to provide those who cannot hear to yeah. hear, such as cochlear implants. In this specific case, it, it has to be done in someone who has not had cochlear okay. implants. Just so fascinating. I'd love to read more about this. There's so much information. Thanks for coming in of to course. share this with us, Dr. Darian. And maybe Orchard. applicable to other Oh my goodness, yeah. yes, absolutely. Other, other genetic Issues, disorders yeah. and diseases. 53 right now, so that's <laughs> a big, a big well, compared to what we saw with the snow and all yep. the cold yep. Yep. recently and that cold snap really hit a lot of people hard when they were trying to keep the heat on yeah and uh, if it didn't you know if you don't know your rights when it comes to getting hot water and heat into your home and apparently we have them because I didn't know we have mm-hmm. them you need Nina Pineda here because some people weren't getting heat and hot water through that brutal cold snap. It was so cold. And call me, really, call me, because nothing (laughs) gives us more satisfaction at 7 on your side than when someone does not have heat or hot water and we can help them get that. What what better way to make someone feel warm and toasty than to give them this basic right? Yeah. And uh, we pulled the data so far uh, from 311 complaints, and I just wanted to share with you uh, where were the coldest. Okay, so 145,000 cold complaints came in uh, to 311 as of this week. Wow. Uh, that's actually up 10,000 from last year. Mm-hmm. And here's uh, how it breaks down. The Bronx is the coldest borough. Mm. Um, but, but the Bronx does have, you know, 1.47 million people living in it. So let's keep that in perspective. Uh, it breaks down by borough like this. 50,000 people called 311 saying they were cold in the Bronx, followed by Brooklyn, 38,000, Manhattan, 33,000. 
uh, Queens 20,000 and Staten, Staten Island, Staten Islanders. Warm and toasty. You're the, toasting. You're the okay. warmest borough. But, you know, again, perspective is important <laughs> because 495,000 people live in Staten Island. So if you're going to look at the, right. at the Bronx and say, oh, they're cold. And we did ask uh, Adolfo Carrion, uh, who is the HPD commissioner, and he used to be the Bronx borough president. They respond to this very quickly. Yeah. So they really get on it when there's a complaint. They try to close the complaints within two or three days. Okay, but what are the rules? You mentioned that we have the right to heat and hot water. So what are the rules? And Lauren, if you are paying rent in the city, if it's subsidized, if you're rent control, if you're paying big rent, no matter what, if you're a tenant, you have the right to heat and hot water. And these are the rules. So from October 1st to May 30, October 1 to May 31st, that's called heat season. And if it is 55 degrees outside, you have a right to have it be 68 degrees inside your apartment. Okay. At, uh, during the day, overnight, no matter what it is outside, right. okay. from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., it better be 62 at least inside. This is important to if, know. Yes, and if you don't have that happening, contact your landlord and management company first, okay, and then call 311. If you file a Class C violation and the landlord doesn't fix it within 24 hours, then they can be fined. Mm. And you also want to do this thing like keep a heat log. I went to Legal Aid Society to ask them what people should do when they get complaints because mm -hmm. they're the lawyers that help. So keep this heat log. Record the inside and outside temperature. So take a picture with your phone. Mm -hmm. And then make sure you take photos of a thermostat and then save the copies of the complaints because you're going to want to prove, yeah. hey, it was this cold outside, it was this cold inside, so um, I have a right. And you know what these rights give you? They give you rights um, to some rent abatement. Mm -hmm. oh. Even if you're NYCHA housing, even if you're rent subsidized or rent controlled, if you're not having heat, you can say, hey, guess what? I'm going to prove this and you're going to get um, some money off your That's rent. That's so worth it. So yeah. I, I know it seems like you shouldn't have to prove this and in a perfect world maybe we wouldn't but take the time to do it keep that heat log because if you can get money back and you can prove to them it's definitely worth taking that time uh, now you've got a story coming up at noon yes. I think about um, and I because I we, we saw a little bit of it this morning it warmed my heart that yes. you helped these people it was yeah. wonderful we were in Middlesex County we had called to a day rehabilitation for adults with disabilities and they had sporadic heat off and on since October Ooh, and then in degrees. December 13th, yeah. it went down to 59 degrees. Their meter got removed and locked. Mm. So all of these adults with disabilities that go to the rehab center had no place to go. So they had to, you know, and, and children on the spe spectrum and adults on the spectrum crave routine. Yep. You take them out of that routine and it can be chaos for the families. It was empty. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Turns out it was a thing called cross metering. And that can happen when you're in a, in, a, in a situation like in a strip mall or in a building and your meter gets crossed with someone else's meter. Huh. Um, it's very dangerous if you take this on your own, uh, into your own hands and try to mess with the meter and turn it back on, that can be deadly. But when they had this problem and couldn't get it fixed, they called us, we contacted the utility. This utility was out there the next morning. Nice. They got back in, they got back mm. on, they were dancing. And they love Sam Champion. What? Surprise, surprise. Who does it? Uh -huh. What's, yes, what's yes, an incredible that was your favorite. Oh. Yes. It's incredible that you were able to help him. And now you've got 145,000 other people who have complained. <laughs> yeah. right. So you have a lot of work to do. We'll yeah. tell you about this cross metering and how we help them at noon. But I wanted to say, lastly, if you are cold in your apartment, and we've all seen this covering stories, do not turn the gas on yes. no, on no. your stove. Remember my apartment on West Broadway? Oh, or it always I couldn't open. Somehow. Yeah, that West Broadway apartment. I couldn't the early open the oven and yeah. the refrigerator at the same time. Right? The mice were everywhere. Yeah. It was freezing. Yes. 
Yes. And I, you came in one day and I had, I the, I had the oven on. Did I tell you that? Yeah. I took my shoes out of the oven yeah. where mm -hmm. I kept them. Put the heat on, and Laura was like, you are going to die in right. here. You don't cannot do that. Please yeah. don't Very do that. Dangerous. I love that Look, I'm always the voice of wisdom. Just <laughs> I think you kind of are, especially in this combo. But it's amazing I survived <laughs> and I got to 40 with this kid. But but please don't do that. And we have so yeah. many people who do. And I know being cold is dangerous. Um, you know, Call the proper authorities. Make the proper cold uh, calls. But please don't turn on your burners and don't turn on your oven and try no. to warm yourself that way. We do the stories afterwards, and it doesn't work out well.